Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them. And then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. In part two of our two-part series of Boys in Education, we listen to Ali, who is a high school teacher. She talks about similar ideas to Greg, who we listened to last week, but talks about it from her experience of teaching older boys. In our conversation, I mentioned 2020 Local Hero Australian of the Year, Bernie Shakeshaft. He has a podcast himself, and it's called Everyday Heroes. If you're a podcast listener, I would strongly recommend you having a listen, in particular to episode number 21, and it's called Hands-On Learning with Russell Kerr. It gave me goosebumps and reminded me why I became a teacher in the first place. And it's not just this episode I found inspiring. I find the whole podcast totally inspiring. I also mention Maggie Dent's new book, From Boys to Men, which I also found very interesting. It just gives you an insight and explains why boys behave the way they do. And there are biological reasons why they behave the way they do. And if there is more understanding about boys, then there is more compassion These resources and others that I mention in our conversation can be found in my show notes at tickteaching.com. Have a listen to Ali. Well, hi, Ali. Thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to be talking with you. So today we're talking about boys in education, which is a very dear topic to me um, since I have two teenage boys myself at home, a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. And so, you know, we want to get the best out of our kids Um, being boys and and, uh, being teenagers. But before we get there, tell us a bit about your background. What's your story? Um, So I'm a PDHPE slash Japanese slash Catholic studies teacher. Um, I've been teaching for 24 years. Um, Most of that's been in Dubbo. Um, Also just casual teaching around. And we also spent a year in Canada on a teacher exchange. So... Yeah, seen lots of different places to work at. Yeah. Yeah, still stuck in the game. And you're a um, regional girl? Yes, from Bathurst originally. uh, Went to an all-girls school there and, um, yeah, just thought I'd come out to Dubbo, see what it was like and love it. Built my family here with two teenage boys myself now. So, yeah. yeah. So you said you went to an all-girls school. Yeah. And um, full disclosure, we actually went to school together. We sure did. (laughs) And what fun we had. (laughs) So did you think being at an all-girls school had an impact on learning? Um, Yeah, I did. Absolutely. I think... um, there probably wasn't the distraction of boys, although back then we didn't have social media and that sort of thing either. So when a letter drop came from the all-boys school, we all got a little bit excited and, you know, got stuck into the gossip. But I think I think being in an all-girls school actually was a really positive experience for me. Um, although coming out as a brand-new teacher, um, I wasn't really sure how to handle boys or you know, what boys were about, but I think experience 
the experience I've gained has been really worthwhile. So. And so how did you find going from an all-girls school to university? Um, I knew a lot of people because my brother was only a year above me at an all-boys school, so we sort of already knew a lot of people and I had a lot of, um, I guess, social interactions with boys and things mm. as well. So that, that was helpful and probably having um, a brother, older brother plus older uncles that pretty much read me it was yeah it just became a tomboy anyway <laughs> which is good fun oh good so in your high school teaching experience has there been a difference in the way boys learn compared to how girls learn absolutely boys are very much hands-on um, they need lots of change in a classroom so in any 45 minute lesson that we have you need to switch things up probably every five to ten minutes. Um, they don't seem to be as focused as what girls do. Um, they're not as disciplined as girls, although I'm talking about probably the rarities that stand out because mm. there are quite a lot of boys who can maintain their focus really well. Um, but it's about keeping them busy more than anything so that you've, you've got a plan of how the lesson's going to go. The kids know that plan and... Yeah, they can sort of tick off as they go, particularly those boys that really struggle to stay focused. Yeah. Um, what about organisational skills? Are um, they there? Some boys super organised, uh, which is wonderful to see, and others not so much. But girls can be a little bit like that too. Mm. Um, in terms of their bookwork and stuff, they're just racing, get it done. Okay, show's over, I'm ready. Um whereas girls are a little bit more meticulous in how they show their work and put a heading and make it colourful. Boys mm. are like, yep, yeah, one one colour, yeah. underline it if you're lucky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. What about how they behave? Um, I've been blessed with some pretty difficult classes. Um, I can't say their behaviour was atrocious because... They're boys and they're, they're high energy. Um, I think it's about building rapport with boys. And once you've mm. built that rapport with them, then they will behave for you. If you set a high expectation, they will meet it. It's just how it's met might look a little bit different from one teacher to the next. Mm -hmm. um, being respectful towards them, asking them how their weekend was, what they got up in got up to in the holidays, tell me about your motorbike, tell me about your pet fish, whatever it happens to be, that those little conversations that you have with boys both inside and outside the classroom ultimately will affect their behaviour. And do you teach year 7 to 12? That's right. Okay. Maggie Dent talks about in her new book, From Boys to Men, mm -hmm. she talks about brain pruning. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I can just read a quote from her book, in order for the child's brain to make room for a smarter, faster, more efficient adult brain, there is a massive synaptic pruning, a shearing off of unnecessary neurons and connectors. So this occurs in the brain during the early teenage years. Yeah. And part of that um, pruning, there are good things, but there's also some bad things coming out of it, like forgetfulness and disorganisation and poor communication, which explains my teenage boys a lot. Yeah. Um, but why do you think there are those differences? Um, being a, 
having a PDHP background, I think nutrition and sleep ah. are huge for boys. Um, I'm a year coordinator of, well, last year I was year eight, and now I'm heading into year nine, taking those boys and girls with me. Um, the majority of the kids that I see for behavioral issues, I'm like, so have you had breakfast today? No. What did you have for recess today? I had a um, sugary drink like a can of Coke and a finger bun for recess. Mm. I'm like, oh, so what did you have for dinner last night? Uh, I had some chicken nuggets and chips. And then for lunch, they might have a chicken royale on a bun. So it just, it blows my mind how neurons can't be, um, I suppose, stimulated unless these boys are getting the right nutritional balance and having to teach that as a year coordinator is really Mm. quite difficult because sometimes their home lives look like mum and dad are racing out the door and by 14 we expect you to be on time make sure you've got the right uniform have your lunch packed etc etc now they've just come in from primary school where mum and dad have probably done all this stuff for them and continue to do so for their younger siblings, but don't do it for their high schoolers because there are expectations there. Mm. So I think nutrition has a massive, massive impact on, um, yeah, those neurons making good decisions. And I think sleep too, as you were saying, like I don't think our teenage kids get that quality sleep. No, no. And I suppose in some ways like... um, being on their phones and technology has also impacted yeah. on that too you know if they're staying up till 10 o'clock playing a game and then see you straight to bed yeah, why exactly. aren't you asleep by 11 then Definitely. they'll learn it when they get older they'll have to have their nana naps <laughs> <That's right. laughs> catching up on all those lost teenage years of sleep yeah and so now there's a website that i came across mm-hmm. from kidspot.com.au yep. and i thought it um, a really interesting blog article written by Don A. Restom, and they talk about how a disruptive boy can actually thrive in the classroom. So what I'd like to do is rattle off their points, and if you can either agree with it or, or maybe give an example where you've seen it or haven't seen it. Sure. Boys require more physical activity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They need to have um, some of that stored-up energy just out. So playing... Um, At our school, we open up the ovals in the morning. Um, The kids will take full advantage if a teacher's not out there and try and play tackle footy or whatever. But boys need um, the physical contact and just to sort of um, stimulate those senses that they have and they just want to be, yeah, let's get out there, let's get busy. Mm. Yeah. What about having more hands-on tasks Rather than communicative tasks. Absolutely. But a mixture is really good at the same time. Um, Having taught languages, um, boys in particular do love the hands-on stuff, but they get frustrated when, you know, I teach Japanese. So if you're doing an origami activity, they don't do it perfect. It messes up the whole piece of paper. So they give up pretty quick when they can't do it. I say you need to persevere. So teaching them perseverance as well as hands-on activities Mm. can be challenging yeah um why do you think teachers don't go more hands-on tasks i think our curriculum is jam-packed and no offense to high school teachers but 
High school teachers, I think, are very narrow-minded in their thinking. They just need to get their curriculum done in the 45 minutes that you've got and get the kids out the door, next lot in. Mm. Um, I think it's detrimental for our um, high school boys in particular because they absolutely need it. And the more you mix it up, the more adept kids become. Mm. So perhaps if we had that little bit longer to to do things or, you know, the curriculum was cross-KLA as opposed to just here's the subject matter, yeah. off you go. Because um, yeah. I think you um, being high school, you guys, I think, are under more time restraints. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then I guess if you chuck a few behaviour problems in there as well, you really yeah. only get 20 minutes of quality time if you're not a confident um, classroom practitioner. So, yeah. yeah. Um, this next one I found really interesting. Boys prefer a cooler classroom. Mm. So boys prefer to work at 21 degrees while girls work best at 24 degrees. I thought yeah, that okay. really interesting. Yeah. Have you noticed anything no, to do with that? No, not really. I know that um, girls won't sit under the air conditioner in my classroom. They like to sit on the oh. other side and the boys are like, it's hot. But, yeah, no, I haven't really noticed um, being outside for PE, boys will run around at whatever the temperature is. And here in Dubbo, 40, yeah. 47 <laughs> degrees, keep running, kids. <laughs> That's true. Uh, boys are stimulated more by challenge and risk. Absolutely. Um, it's great in an outdoor ed setting as well when we give the kids a challenge and say, radio, run around and do this and... Um, yeah, like a orientation, or sorry, an orienteering type uh, challenge. They'll be the one that are super competitive, particularly if it's a small prize. Um, I gave out prizes of apples for my kids because I was like, oh, I'm a PE teacher, you can't so no have lollies. chocolate. And they still hound me for it. I'm not taking mm. an apple, I want chocolate. <laughs> but yeah, they're very competitive and they're happy to take risks come what yeah. may. Yeah. Boys need extra help to manage their time. Um. Possibly, but I think if it's clear cut for them, then it's um, they might not find that management as hard. Um, I know that when we start our kids in year seven, we do an orientation few days and make sure that they've got their timetable, make sure they colour code it. Um, so by the time they get to year 12, they sort of are very self-sufficient in being able to to manage their time effectively and how it's done. Mm. Lots of list-taking, lots of post-it notes, but it's just up to whether the kids want to do it or not. Yes. So, you know, it can be a mindset that they can change, but they also have to be willing to take that on. Yeah, I agree. I came across a guy called Bernie Shakeshaft. Have you heard of him? No, I haven't. Um, so he's a founder of Backtrack Youth Works Program in Armidale and won the 2020 Australian Local Hero of the Year. And he's, he's got a podcast himself called Everyday Heroes, and his story is just amazing. And I listen to him, and he helps all these, um, these tweens and teens, you know, who are on the streets and um, who've had it rough, and he tries to get them back into not so much the school education system, but he still teaches them. Yeah. And this is happening like now in 2021 and when I was researching for this topic you know boys in education was such a topic back in 2006 yeah. you know probably earlier so a lot of time has passed and we still seem to be fighting the same battles yeah so how do you see the future of boys education um 
I think it's relevant to whatever school that the kids are at, both boys and girls. Um, we're lucky enough uh, for our Year 9 cohort this year that we're introducing a program called The Right Journey, which offers challenges. Um, it also offers specific needs for our kids. So, for example, if it's um, an addiction to gaming, then we target that particular uh, thing for our kids. Um, girls might be a little bit different, and we've got a really great team of um men that are willing to offer their experiences to the boys and I think it's about having those positive role models some boys don't have their fathers at home um, but also about showing respect um, yeah and it's and it's difficult they're navigating a challenging society and mm. you know we expect them to be men when they're still only 14 years old That's and it. they're still not even knowing or about their bodies they're not knowing about female bodies and how they work it's it's a really big challenge for our boys I yeah. think so yeah, I think we're heading in the right direction but it's just going to take time absolutely mm. absolutely yeah. but you know we'll get there yeah <laughs> we have to we have to exactly <laughs> yeah. well Ali now we're up to our fast finishes Ooh. so it's just whatever pops into your mind first mm -hmm. this might be a biased question but what's your favorite subject to teach and why I'd have to say it's sex ed ah. um, under the PDHPE banner. Kids are really naive. Um, they think they're not, but they are very, very naive when it comes to their own bodies and sexual awareness and stuff. The questions like that I get asked, I have to laugh every single time. And I think if um, you can laugh about it, then the kids feel more relaxed. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, have you got a question off the top of your head that made you laugh? No, I'm no. Not, not willing to disclose. <laughs> <laughs> Who I put that yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. What would you be if you weren't a teacher? Oh, my goodness. Probably a pharmacist. Ah, yeah. okay. Yep. There was an interest there. Yeah, definitely. But I failed chemistry in my first year of uni and went, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> what is something you did today that went well? I got my son organised for school. So nice. we're done. We're sorted. Excellent. <laughs> what makes you happy? Family. It's the first day of the holidays. What do you do? Sleep. Oh, that's a common answer. <laughs> One thing that helps you deal with stress? Exercise. Tell us about a time, personally or professionally, where you made a mistake but learned something valuable. Oh, I told off another teacher. Um, my colleague, uh, my superior, uh, sorry, my supervising colleague had to pull me into line and say, oh, Al, you probably didn't do this very well the way that you approached that. And so then I went and apologised to the other colleague and said, you know, mm. I'm really sorry. But I did, we both learnt that it was a... A positive thing because we work really really well together now yeah. so oh wow yeah. fantastic yeah what is your favorite book oh I'm an avid reader but I have to say I love anything Harry Potter JK oh. Rowling she's amazing yeah she's absolutely good. amazing yeah what are you grateful for my dad he's oh. amazing my mum passed away when I was two so um, I was raised by a single parent dad and I think he's done a pretty good job I've turned out all right would, although others might debate that <laughs> I would agree with you Al <laughs> what's a fun fact about you 
Um, in my spare time, I make patchwork quilts. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, over COVID, when we lived in um, Canada, actually, we had all these T-shirts that we bought from different parts of um, Canada that we visited, and I've now turned them into a patchwork quilt for my kids' beds to take away to boarding school with oh, them. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Ali, I really appreciated chatting with you um, today. So I appreciate it. It's nice to catch up. Thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it, like I did when I was talking to our guest. Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guest. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself. Take care.